I don't believe in free speech. I don't believe in free speech. I can't stand what they teach. I don't believe in free speech. I can't stand what they teach. I can't stand what they preach. I don't believe in free speech. So I, because it was raining, it's the perfect day to go to the movies. Um, so I went to go see a movie. I wanted to go see Pearl, but I kind of got a little scared about seeing that in the theater by myself because it's a horror movie. <laughs> so I went to go see <laughs> Don't Worry Darling instead. Um, and I was right. just talking to my friend. I was talking to one of my friends about this. I'm having total de- deja vu right now. This is so weird. Have we done this exact thing before? It's it's that weird thing that happens where you know what the person's going to say next and you're like caught in this weird like feedback oh, loop weird. of stuff happening. You're like, wait, I remember this. And then they say something else and you're like, wait, I remember that too. I remember thinking about this. I remember thinking, I remember that. Well, I probably, I probably It's like my superpower. Bunch, I can like, see the future, but I can't remember it until it happens. So it's just a completely yeah, useless superpower. <laughs> no, that happens to me a bunch too. So does it happen? Like, do you actually, like, see the future in a dream or on some subconscious level? Or is it just your brain playing a little chemical trick on you? That's what most people would say. I think it's it's you see it in a dream, but you don't, like, it's like seeing, like, um, like a premonition or something. Yeah. But it's not helpful at all it's, because yeah. <laughs> it only, you only remember it that you've dreamt it as it's happening. I love this concept though i remember the very first time this happened to me i remember it exactly i was in um uh like eighth grade maybe seventh i think it was eighth grade and i was sitting like across the table like at some like a bunch of us sitting at some table and i was sitting across from some girl and whatever happened something happened with her purse and she said something to me and i suddenly like the whole thing i had heard before and i was like oh my god i never heard of deja vu or you know, ESB or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, and I remember going like, what the hell just happened? I had a dream about this because that's what it feels like to me. It's That's clear. It, yeah. it's, it's very clear. Yeah. It's like, this is something I dream. And a friend of mine was sitting there and I told him about it and he's like, that's ESP. And I'm like, oh man, maybe I guess I have like the sight beyond the sight. <laughs> and then I started realizing every, just like everything else in life, you're like, oh, everybody does that. Oh, okay. So I'm not special. But well, then seems- also there's that question of like, is it real though? And it's fascinating because there's no way of knowing. Because yeah. you can just say, you can just like, you can be like, like, this is religion, you know, or like, or like, this is like something sp- spiritual. It's like, I, I'm like, this is, I'm getting in touch with a higher plane. And then somebody else can just go, nah, it's just your brain just playing a trick on you. It's just, it's just a chemical. It's like the soul is just a, it's just a, a chemical illusion. But That's I think it, it happens See, to you know? some people a lot more than it happens to others. Like, I never really talked about it with anybody and nobody really understood exactly what it was like until I talked to you about it. And sometimes it happens in like a split second and it's just like a momentary thing. But then for me, I've had it happen for like longer periods of time. And then I start thinking, oh, I've dreamt this or this has happened before. I'm having deja vu. And then I keep thinking about that and it keeps happening. And then I'm like, well, when is it going to stop? That's what I was talking about. Yeah, because it goes on sometimes for like it'll go on for seconds or, you know. Like at least like a minute or so. Yeah. It's weird. You can really get trapped. It can like, and it feels like a long time. If it's like 10 or 20 seconds, that's a long time. Yeah. That you're like remembering. I remember having dreams like that where, yeah, where it's dreams that do seem to connect with reality. Like I'll like, I'll have a dream. Like we're living in Vermont and, you know, we'll have a conversation where you'll reference something about 
being in Vermont or being at school or whatever. And I remember having the dream, like mm-hmm. when we used to live in Virginia, I had the dream then. And you said something and I went, oh, I guess we're living in Vermont now. Like in the dream, I realized like, oh, so I guess like we're living in Vermont or there's been other things where I'm saying like, you know, my father must have died. Like, oh, my father has died or, or I'm doing this now or whatever it is. Right. And then when it actually happens, then you remember that, except there's no way to know if it's real or not, because that's just our lot in life is that there's, there's, ne- there's never, you can't ever get the like incontrovertible evidence. This is not going to happen for us. I think it's dreams popping back up into our mind and we predict the future. I think it's a, a great, a great thought. It's, it's just that it's a useless superpower because you can't remember it. And this yeah. is the problem too with with movies like Harry Potter and all those sorts of like fantasies that we have in our cultural consciousness is like it doesn't really mean anything for people like that to have a faith in you this kind of hero story where he rejects evil even if it means his own death he's willing to die yeah. for good and light and rejecting the dark side but it doesn't really matter because they've already been giving incontrovertible evidence of an afterlife <laughs> And a divine force guiding the universe. And pretty much you have evidence that like if you reject that and like choose the dark side, you might live longer, but you'll have an accursed life, a half life. And so you're just like, well, okay, I'll just do the other thing. And even if I get killed right now, I'll just go hang out with Dumbledore like at the train station. That's fine. You know, yeah. it's not like we as humans are never going to have that choice. You never get that evidence. That's well, unless the whole you're thing, religious you know? and you like really, well, I mean, you know, believe if you that- really believe it. But yeah. you're never going to get the – you can interpret it as real evidence. Though. Yeah. That's the thing. So you can interpret, like, your deja vu as real evidence. Or you can interpret, like, you know, these stories that go around, these little urban legends. Like, was it my mom used to tell me about how there was, like, this a story of, like, a couple of babies. <laughs> or, like, a story like, one of her friends – one of her friends had, like, their – is this like an urban legend that goes around or is this just something from like that my mom told me? And I oh think it was, but it was like my mom told me that her friend, uh, they had a, like a baby. They had two babies. So they had like their, when they had their second child mm-hmm. and the baby sleeping in the crib and the, their, their first child who is like, you know, two or something, whatever, goes into the bedroom to talk to the baby in the crib while the baby's like, kind of almost asleep or whatever. And the parents are out in the other room, but they had the baby monitor on. And they hear this two-year-old go up to the baby and say, tell me about God. I'm starting to forget. Oh, and the baby responds. No, they didn't say anything. That's it. Because the baby was like, well, here's the deal. Then see, that would just be silly. Okay. But like okay. potentially I've a two-year-old, a two-year-old could go up to a baby and say that. But even if they did, like it's probably bullshit anyway, but even if they did, yeah. like... It could just be a two-year-old being a weirdo. Two-year-olds do weird shit all the time. And little, like, beyond that, like, crazy stuff. At four or five, six years old, they're always saying stuff. You're like, what, are you a maniac? What are you yeah. talking about? Because they pick up, <laughs> I mean, if the parents had talked about God exactly. or whatever, then they could have, like, you know, picked up on that and then said something. But There's I don't know. No I like know. the idea of the baby going to talk to the I baby. I love it. I love that. Yeah, I love it. I, lo- I, I choose to believe it's true. Yeah. You know, and it kind of makes sense because your whole life – for people like us who are basically just diehard romantics who romanticized childhood and like never wanted to grow up in the first place. I mean, I know me anyway, like when I was a kid, 
everybody else I knew was like, oh, man, I can't wait to grow up. And I'm going to have like a Ferrari and lots of women. And whatever. <laughs> I mean, like, like by the time you get to be like 12, certainly that everybody's like totally ready to just grow up and go live some fabulous life. And I was like always like even then, at like 12, 13, I was always like, man, this is a bad deal. I'm good. I'm good where I am. Thanks. I'm fine. I don't want anything to change. That was like already my thing. Like just I don't I don't like I don't want anything to change. Everything's fine how it is. And I always was disturbed by the feeling that you're going to turn into something else, you know, yeah. like, and that is what happens at puberty. Your body betrays you and you turn into something else. And which brings us to often the subject of this show, you hit puberty and you're, you're, and you change and it thrusts you into adulthood, which carries with it all kinds of really annoying responsibilities and anxieties and, and consciousness and knowledge of things that you didn't want to have knowledge of. You know, what outlets for your rage does society give you? And right now our contemporary culture gives us a whole new outlet, which is just like, it's the patriarchy. <laughs> That's always the answer. It's the patriarchy. And you hate your body because you're trans. Like you don't fit in. You have all this angst. Well, yeah, that's because you're trying to be in the wrong body. Well, no shit, everybody's trying to be in the wrong body. You're like, because little boys are like that too. We're just like, you know, we're all just, you're just like this kid, this magical little elf creature, and you're going to turn into this big sweaty thing, you know? <laughs> Terrible. Anyway, but tell me about your... Um, I went to go see this movie today, Don't Worry Darling, um, and I was talking to my friend about it yesterday, and she said... You know, I know it's trying to be a commentary on the patriarchy, but I just didn't quite get it. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Because all I knew going into this movie was that it was in the news a bunch. One of the characters is supposedly based on this warped version of who Olivia Wilde thinks Jordan Peterson is. Right. Harry Styles, who's a singer, not an actor, is in it. And the actress Florence Poe, who I like, is in it. I think it's Poe. It's P-U-G-H. P-U-G-H? Yeah. Could be Pew. Or Pew? Okay. Well, I like Florence. She's a really great actress. So I, and I knew it was like set in the 1950s, 60s, 1960s, I think. And that's it. So what's it? Um, so what's your, 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 what's your nutshell review? Well, so this will be interesting because you didn't see it. Right. I haven't seen I don't know anything about what it's about either. Except was, you know the Jordan Peterson stuff. Uh, yeah. 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 And um, well, I guess some other drama backstory was that Olivia Wilde was married to Jason Sudeikis. Um, and she left him for Harry Styles oh, right. on the set. And Harry Styles was supposed to be played. Or the character Harry Styles plays was supposed to be played by Shia LaBeouf. But Shia LaBeouf was like, this movie's just a train wreck, and left. And then oh, that's right. She posted all this. All she this publicly stuff, was like, like, oh, I didn't want him anyway. And then he came back and was like, actually, here's like written proof you that didn't you break up with me. I broke up with you. <laughs> just yes. for the record, so, I dumped you. Yeah. So then they did the whole like press junket tour with the movie and they played it at film festivals and it was just well, like one nightmare after another. And then Florence was like, I'm not even going to do anymore because I'm a serious actress and Harry Styles is not an actor. And I don't like, I wish I hadn't done this basically. It's billed as like a, like a psychological thriller. 
set in the 60s. Right. So it starts with a very like Mad Men-esque vibe. Um, there's all these couples who are at a party. They're super duper drunk. Um, and they live in this like community, sort of like a gated community like the old people live in. It's like isolated. It's called Victory. And all of the men work at this thing called the Victory Project. And they're not allowed to talk about it with their wives. So they wake up in the morning and go to work. And the women stay home. And the women listen to the radio the whole time. And on the radio is this, like, motivational speaker guy who just talks to them and says, you know, like, whatever a housewife in the 50s and 60s would want to hear, like, you know, perfection is, like, is exactly what we strive for and cleanliness is next to godliness and like you know while you're wiping your windows like you know think about what you should be making your husband for dinner tonight we've done this narrative enough (laughs) by now jesus it's like like we just keep fucking ramming down we keep ramming this down people's throat of like you know like the pain like that was like that was a while ago people that Uh, yeah and many people were happy with that yeah, actually. A lot of women, like, that's just what they want. I mean, you look at my grandmother's high school yearbook quote, and it's like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And she's like, I want to be a homemaker. But she only thought that because <laughs> the patriarchy brainwashed. Right, She actually, right, right, even right. though you knew her, you know, for the full, like, you know, like, like to be like a 90-some-year-old woman who seemed really happy and content and to feel like she had led a, a, a deeply meaningful and rewarding life— it's actually all a lie. She was actually totally unhappy and under the thumb of a man the entire time. I hate to break uh, it to you. The, the thumb of my poor little grandfather. Oh, God. Well, he was a pr- he oppressed her. If she just like gotten with the program and become like a lesbian like back in the sixties, oh, stop it, honey. I don't like where this she would have been like. She could have had like a real life. No, my grandparents have them had the most amazing life. They're so sweet, so amazing. <laughs> so I'm being um, facetious. Yes, as they say. Anyway, so Florence's character is named Alice, and she's married to Harry Styles. Once again, Harry Styles is not an actor. He's a singer, and he's British. And he gets up every morning and goes to work and leaves her at home. And she starts having these, like, kind of weird... Like, you think, okay, this is going to end up being, like, a 60s housewife goes crazy, has, like, hysteria, you know is like living like she's like schizophrenic or something is like wrapped up in her own mind and is like living two different realities or something. Right. Cause she starts seeing weird things. She starts like seeing these visions of like s- weird, tw- like swirling things in her eyes. And meanwhile, then she like come, she just like makes her husband dinner and then they like basically just like have sex all the time. And then he gets up and goes to work the next morning and she just cleans the house. Like, is she like a shopping. robot? Does she seem like just like all dead inside or is she like, no, does she seem she, to be happy? No, she doesn't. Um, she definitely has character. And so she lives in this neighborhood with Olivia Wilde lives on one side and another woman lives Olivia in the other. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all like the wives to the, these husbands right. and the husbands cannot talk about what the Victory Project is. Right. And there's this rumor that this one girl, the only black girl in the whole movie, um, she walked to the boundaries of the victory project yeah and her son she took him with her and the son disappeared 
And she was like, she got like electroshock therapy and was put back in the house and was like, you can't like, you know, the one, the two things that we ask you not to do is don't ask your husband about his job and don't walk outside of the perimeter of where you're allowed to be. We're very into that. Um, this like, it sounds like you're describing like 10 other shows that yeah. are currently <laughs> on like Netflix and Hulu right now. It's like, we're very into this dystopian authoritarian complex future thing it's it which is very which is interesting you know because just as a quick aside here you know and it's the same it's the same setup every time it's like you know i mean talk about representation right it's like it's it's always the same setup you know it's like it's it's some like some terrible like really like patriarchal misogynistic regime run by a bunch of like white male fuckers you know controlling people with this comically like unnuanced ham-fisted evil character thing it's like the villains are all just like these totally evil villains like twirling their mustaches in the corner yeah i mean (sighs) it's just it's so silly it's like you know it's it's just so it's interesting. It just drums up all this hate, you know, um, basically for just like, you know, um, it's like kicking puppies, you know, it's just such an easy heartstring pull. And it's this dystopian setup of like they're living in this thing. I mean, it's like it's just this real half ass version of like of like books like, you know, Fahrenheit 451 mm-hmm. and things like that and many others, you know, from back in the day that actually have so much more substance and character, probably, I would say. Um but it's just this, like, here's people living in this, like, nightmarishly, like, deadened sort of thing, and they can't do anything. And if they try to stray beyond the borders of the thing, then they get, you know, then they get, like, forcibly brainwashed and put back in their cells. You right. Know? Yeah. It's, it's been done is, time and time and, again. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's just, it's just that we have this underlying assumption that the big thing we're all fighting against right now is, like, authoritarian patriarchy. But- as opposed to... That's the 1984 thing, as opposed to the Brave New World thing, which is like you don't need a big brother because it's not necessary anymore because people are so doped out on like TV and psychotherapy and just whatever, you know, like you don't need like people are just so distracted Mm -hmm. watching fucking like American Idol or The Voice whatever people watch now and, and watching stupid shit like this and watching, you know, watching the handmaid's tale or whatever it is, you know, like, like nobody's, it's fine. You don't need to oppress people. They're just, they're just, it's much more like Oppressing the world thing. People are just like, people man. feel unhappy. They take the blue pill and they go like space out on a beanbag. You know, that's, that's, and people would say, maybe they think that that's, it's, that's changing, man. People are rising up. <laughs> well, we'll see how long that lasts, you know, because they're the same dumb asses that rose up. Uh, 50 years ago when the hippies thought it would be fun to do that for about what about, about like five years <laughs> and then they were like ah fuck it well i guess we can't change the world after all so i guess we'll just i remember like sort of my personal version of that was like you know when i was like in my early 20s or whatever like everybody it's like you're you're trying to figure out how to change the world and do some huge thing and then and then you realize well actually you can't do anything like it's just like you can't change anything. It's this feeling of futility and that like that feeling wants to crush you until you realize like, well, in that case, then if nothing matters, I'll just have fun. I'll just do whatever feels good to me. So I'll just like shoot pool and drink gin and whatever. And that's kind of like what happened to the hippies. Like, 
right? And they fell apart. And that's what's going to happen again, I think, you know, but but it's just interesting that right now we're very enamored of these dystopian rebellion sort of um, sort of narratives. It's not exactly like a dystopian rebellion narrative. So the thing is, is that it's not like Olivia Wilde doesn't portray like living in the victory project area as like being oppressive like the women who are like the the housewives they seem happy you know like they have everything they could possibly want and you know their husbands are really really nice to them I guess and they have dinner parties and they drink all day and they go shopping and they can have kids and everything. So their husbands are nice to them. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not. It's not. It's not portrayed at all. Like the husband and the baby. Yeah, <laughs> it's just that puppy kicking thing. He's like, he's like the most evil fucking oh bastard gosh. you've ever seen in your life. And she's like, yeah. you know, this guy's such an asshole. I just realized I'm a lesbian. She's much nicer to me than him. Yeah, no, <laughs> the baby, totally different story. No, no, no. So Florence and Harry are portrayed as being, you know, very, very happy and so, so in love. Um and she seems to like her daily life of cleaning the exact same thing over and over again and cooking him dinner and making the same exact breakfast and everything. Um, and then she, so she starts having these weird sort of episodes. All right. And she hears that one of her old friends, um, the girl, one of the girls that lives in the neighborhood, walked to the perimeter of the compound. It's not well, it's not like a compound. It's like a. Just like a town, basically. And she got, she got like, her son disappeared and then they gave her electroshock and put her back in her house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so she starts, she just starts losing it a little bit, this woman who tried to escape. Um, And they go to a party at Chris Pine, who is, quote unquote, um, (laughs) Jordan Peterson. And he gives this like motivational speech to all the guys there that's like you know we make our women happy you know this is a perfect this is a perfect environment this is a perfect community we strive for perfection like and she just goes on and on and on and giving this speech that I'm sure like Olivia Wilde was like oh yeah this sounds this sounds just like something Jordan Peterson would say about like men or whatever so at that point <laughs> I was like oh my god I was sort of like rolled my eyes at that um and he just is sort of creepy uh yeah more than anything he doesn't sound or look or seem like any like i wouldn't have even thought of that in a million hundred thousand years unless i'd read that ridiculous interview with her where she was like i based his character off of jordan peterson um so at that party the woman who tried to escape comes in and is like you know we don't belong here we need to leave right now and she's just like she just gets hauled away by these guys in red jumpsuits. The guys in red jumpsuits always show up at really weird times. The red so Florence's jumpsuits. character. It's like they take her to the squid games. Yeah. So Florence's <laughs> character starts to, I don't know. We don't know how long she's been there. Like they make it seem like, oh, they moved there for Harry's job, whatever. But Florence's character starts to notice that if she asks very specific questions, to certain people that they won't respond like they act like they there's no way to, for them to respond um like she's on a trolley going to go shopping or something or she, i think she's just riding the trolley and she asks the guy like um 
oh, she sees a plane. Yeah. So she sees a plane crash and she's like, oh my gosh, we need to go help those people. And so she says to the trolley driver, like, I, can you drive the trolley over this way? And he just says over and over again, like, that's not my route. I can't drive that way. Like very like programmed. And you start thinking like, that's kind of (laughs) weird. So she, she takes off by herself and walks past the perimeter and there's no plane. Once again, we'll see as this, as this um, story goes on that the movie just doesn't make any sense. And it's so stupid. I'm looking at my imaginary watch right now. So <laughs> the plane disappears. <laughs> the plane disappears and Florence's character runs up this mountain. They're in the desert. She runs up the mountain and there's just this like weird, like it looks like one of those... Um, not a yurt, but what's those other like hippie commune, the circular buildings that they have on mountains. Kind of. So there's one of those just randomly. And there's a mirror and she goes up and touches the mirror and then the screen just goes like black and there's like, then it turns white and there's all these speckles of blood oh my God. and there's an eyeball. And then you hear Chris Pine, Jordan Peterson doing this speech, the same speech about how like perfection is everything. Blah, blah, blah. And she just wakes up and she's just at home again. And she's like, well, that's kind of weird. So things keep getting weirder and weirder and she starts having these like visions of like memories that but they're not memories um and she is like sort of like unraveling and once again you think okay it's like this is the 1960s this is a patriarchal film I'm sure she's gonna like end up being the crazy housewife who's like you know we're supposed to think, oh, gosh, she hates doing all this cleaning. Oh, she hates doing all this cooking. And so this is what's turning her into this, like, monster or whatever. So she ends up seeing the woman next door who tried to escape kill herself. And yet the doctor who comes, who's also a man, of course, to check to make sure Florence's character is okay is like oh you just must be um, hallucinating that like if you're really really stressed like you know it can cause hallucinations and she's like no I literally saw her slit her own throat I was right there that's what men do and he just yeah so he just hardcore gaslights her and then her husband Harry Styles gaslights her and um, then once again Jordan Peterson's character shows up and is like you know I'm like, I'm really glad that you're here because I've finally been waiting for somebody who can like challenge me, who's like willing to, you know, like see the things that are happening around here. And she's like, what? And he's like, you know, he's like, it's good. You know, any like strong, I think he says something like any strong, successful man has like something that pushes him to like be the the best that he could possibly be and he was like so like you know keep keep at it or something Hmm. because she's asking all these questions like why do all the women have the exact same story about how they met their husbands why do we all vacation in the same place why are we all from philadelphia or chicago like why none of this makes sense like why can't the trolley guy drive on a different road like all these little little things that you wouldn't like necessarily think about um so Finally, she tells her husband, Harry Styles, and he has like a meltdown and he's like, I'm so sorry. Like, let's let's go. Let's go. We'll get out of here. We'll get in my car and ride and drive away. And he lies to her. So she's sitting in the car and the guys in the red jumpsuits come and get her, strap her down, give her electroshock therapy. So he turns out to not be a good husband after all. Right. 
awful what husband. A surprise. So just wait, we're not even there. So she thought she was happy, but her husband was actually a dick. So she gets, this will be really fun for anybody who's seen this movie and oh. then listens to the pod. How, how far along in this movie are we? We're almost done. Okay. <laughs> so. I'm exhausted with the plot of this movie. <laughs> so as she's getting electroshock therapy, she, for some reason, none of this is ever, ever explained. It doesn't make any fucking sense. She starts having these visions of once again, her life before she lived in the victory compound thing every time you say visions of i think sugar plum fairies (laughs) or whatever because christmas is awesome and it's almost here Mm -hmm. so uh, she keeps having um non-christmasy visions and visions of patriarchy pounding my head (laughs) she's like electroshock therapy back to her normal self right normal and she arrives back home and Harry Styles is like, um, she was like, no, you you should like go to work. I'm going to stay here. You know, I'm fine without you for a little bit because he's been like watching over her this whole time. So she's at home and she starts like things are sort of weird. Like they have this little thing where he touches her mouth all the time and he tries to do that. And she flashes back to this memory of him doing it when they don't live at Victory. And. Then for some reason, she sees herself strapped down to a bed with um, like clockwork orange style eye holder things and like little camera, little like uh, lights on her eyes. And she (laughs) she's like, what have you done to me? And turns around to Harry Styles. And he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, what have you done to me? And she like falls on the ground. And she has this, this, she sees all of a sudden, I don't know how she sees this. She sees that her working in a hospital as a doctor. She's like literally in like the OR operating surgeon at a doctor. At like in 2022, she pulls out her phone and she checks her text. She was actually like a powerful, like a powerful woman and independent and a surgeon and everything. And he just like. What, he just took her, kidnapped her, and brainwashed her so into, into making home. her a, house, uh, she, a housewife in the 50s? Yes, yeah, so she goes Oh, wait, home. that's right. This is set in, the, like, the 50s, 60s, right? Yeah, So she yeah. sees herself. So all of a sudden, she's, like, in, in, she's all like sudden with she's a cell in the phone. Hospital. She's in 2022. Yeah, okay. yeah, she's in the hospital. She just got done, giving, like, doing... So is this, like, like, a village thing where it turns out that they're they're actually, like, in the present day living in a community that's, like, meant to resemble the 50s 60s but it's actually 2022 well, hold on a second we're not it's a bit of a roller coaster so that's just she, the kind of thing men would do too because that's what they really <laughs> want they really want to make people make put women back in the 50s yeah so so she 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 sees herself um like in real life as you end up finding out and she's a doctor she's like literally a surgeon she's got to be making so much money she goes home to this crappy apartment <laughs> And her boyfriend in real life is actually Harry Styles. And he looks awful. Like he just is like he's got these stupid nerd glasses on. He like looks just like. They better not be plugged into like a, a fucking Matrix thing either. That's the, so that's he, the other most <laughs> annoying concept. That this so he's, he's listening to this podcast and it's a podcast with like a sort of a similar cover to the Jordan Peterson oh, podcast thing. Podcasts are the worst. <laughs> and it's, it's the Chris Pine, Peter, uh, Jordan Peterson character talking on the podcast, talking about like, you know, in my like in my plan, like victory will be perfection blah 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 and he's talking about it and 
um, Harry Styles is a total jerk to Florence when she gets home. He's total like, jerk. why didn't you like it was kind of, it made me laugh because she was like, he was like, I haven't eaten yet. Um, what are you going to make? Wow, and so I can't believe like, it went this way. She's like, <laughs> I mean, I am shocked over here. She was like, oh, why, why didn't you make something? And he was like, well, I didn't make anything. And she's like, well, why didn't you make something? And he's like, well, I didn't know what you would want. I'm a man. I'm helpless <laughs> and toxic and a bastard. And I abuse everyone that gets near me. And so they talk a little bit about how, like, he needs to find, he's trying to find a job. And, like, he, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, yeah, well, I have to go back to work in, like, six hours. She was like, I just worked a 30-hour shift i have to go back to work in six hours he's like can you open this can of tuna for me bitch oh my god the tuna cans that's later on um Uh. so we see these little snippets and um it turns out that harry styles has followed the Jordan Peterson God character through his like podcast. He's like a cult leader guy, and or, or yeah, and he's like taken this job uh, where he works all day, and he's allowed. It's still, it's like very not explained. So I'm literally having to like piece together what I think was happening because it's just such shitty filmmaking. Real as two people <laughs> on a podcast trying to figure out what happened with a movie that only one of them has seen and one can barely remember. <laughs> so. So he somehow gets a job with this victory program. And what it is, is that he's strapped Florence to their bed at their house. And she has an IV and everything. So she's laying in bed so like a in 2022. And she has like the little things clipped to her eyes. And I was right. It's like a Matrix bullshit thing. I thought that like a half an hour ago. I was thinking, is this going to be a Matrix thing? It's it's like sort of like a Matrix thing, but she didn't ask to be in it. So here's the thing. Here's the thing that will be interesting to talk about. Um, She asks, she like somehow pieces together that that's what's happening to her. I don't know how she did that. And she's like, why would you do this? Like, why would you take my life away from me? And he was like, you were miserable. And she was like, well, I worked a lot, but it was still my life. And now, like, she I'm just remembers everything to, now. How did, yeah, like, how did no this happen? No idea how it happened. She has no like idea. total recall all of a sudden. No idea. So she, he's like, well, this is good actually, because now, like, the reason why I'm not here during the day is that I have to go to work in order to, like, I have to leave the program and go to work in order to pay for this. And then I come back at night and strap myself in. And that's why I'm here only at night. What happened to her salary as a surgeon? Why didn't he? St- why didn't you stra- just let her again. keep working and strap him in? And she's no making like a half I- a million dollars a year or something. No idea. So many plot holes. So many things overlooked. Um, and he's like, well, this is good now because now you know. And, you know, you'll know where I go and you'll know, like, you know what the situation is. And she's like, what the? Like, I, that's not okay. So they just, so, so she's just laying around in a bed in virtual reality all the time, like 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And he unplugs to go to work and then comes back and plugs back in. Yeah. And he's like, I did this for you because I wanted everything to be perfect. Like I, she, he kept saying over and over again, I did this for you. I did this for you. And she's like, I didn't pick this life one for of my, me. One of my favorite like movie things. So then like when we see her in actual like real life unplugged, does she look like normal or does she oh, look like yeah. she's been laying in bed for five years and has total mus- muscle atrophy. Oh, you mean when, when she's in bed? Yeah. Oh, she looks awful. Yeah. She, that's maybe the one thing they that we got, got right that in this movie. right, where yeah. she looks like atrophied. 
Mm-hmm. She looks really, really messed up. Like he unzips, like she's completely like zipped into this suit and he like unzips it. And like you can see that her skin is like all, you know, she's it's like she's really, really messed up compared to like when we see her before he does this right. to her and she's like walking around. So she's still in this virtual reality thing. And she's like, why? Like, how does this work? Why did you do this to me? And he's like, I just wanted it to be perfect. Like, I wanted you to be happy and not have to work. And like, okay, but like maybe ask permission before you do this. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of, so, um, she, he like grabs onto her and is like, I just don't want to lose you. Like, I can't lose you. Like, you're the only thing I have. And she, he like, like will not let go of her. So she smashes a glass over his head and kills him. Um, and so then Olivia wow. Wilde's character she smashes a glass over his head, yeah. like something made of glass or just like a tumbler glass. A tumbler hmm. glass. I guess that could kill somebody, but it probably wouldn't. I don't know. She was really mad. <laughs> I mean, if you find out, like, what if you found out that I had like been cl- like plugging you into a virtual reality for how who knows You'd how get long? Pretty mad though. I mean, to like smash a glass into somebody's head, like who, a rock you know, glass. Like to potentially kill somebody, you know, what's a movie again? I don't like, know. You know. Another plot hole from Olivia Wilde. So her, okay, so Olivia Wilde is a neighbor and she throughout this entire thing has been like, no, we can't, we have to follow the rules. We can't talk about anything that they tell us not to talk about and we can't leave and we can't like, we have to like just live very straight laced exactly how they're telling us to. So she shows up and Florence tries to explain the whole situation to her about how, like, none of this is real. It's all just virtual reality. And um, the Olivia Wilde character is like, I know. I know because I chose this life for myself. And Florence was like, well, why? Like, like you know, you're, this, none of this is real. And she was like, well, in this world, like, my kids are still alive and they didn't die, so I can have kids and I can have my perfect life. Um, and Florence is like, well, do any of the other wives know about this? And she was like, no, the husbands are the ones that chose it for them, but I chose it for myself. And then she's like, go, like, get out of here. Like, if, if you know, now that if you die in the simulation, you die in real life. And so, like, they're going to, like, they have your address, oh so they're going to come God. find your body and kill your body. So she's like, the, like, the last 15 minutes of the movie are her, like, driving super, super duper fast to, like, the weird little circular thing so she can, like, unplug herself like it doesn't make sense that it's like some commentary on the patriarchy because of a lot of different things. For starters, like I was thinking up until the very end, I was thinking, okay, they're trying to say like these guys, this is like a terrible misogynistic program that like these guys have bought into and they're keeping their women here as like captive and blah, blah, right, they, blah. They, like this is the way to keep them in line like you turn you can turn your turn your uppity wife into a 50s housewife right but the thing is is that some of them like at least in florence and harry's case like he was doing it like genuinely for her benefit what he thought was best for her right. which wasn't best for her but it still was like all you know it was it was a good you know, he had he had good intentions behind what he was doing. But then the thing is, is that how could you then make that argument that it's like some which is what she's trying to do, Olivia Wilde in the film, is that it's like, oh, this terrible patriarchal thing, because you have a woman character who's like, I chose this for myself. I love my life here. I would never unplug because I can live the life that I want to actually live. 
like if you want it to be this hardcore anti-men thing, don't have one of the strongest leading female characters be like, oh, I chose this. Like, I want to do this, you know? Right. Yeah. That's sounds... And then it just ends and you hear her like. It was so, oh my God, it was so funny. There were these two like super old gay guys, like super, super old gay guys who were sitting on the other side of the theater, like on the same aisle as me. And so the screen went black and they were munching on their popcorn. And one of them says, you know, this better not be the end of this fucking movie. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the title, the title card shows up and he goes, yo, I guess it is. <laughs> It's unbelievable. We just keep making stupider and stupider movies. Like the movies like that, Jesus. And it's like the same that is like the same recycled plot line basically from like a million other movies that were made this year alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, god. It's just it's just really cashing in on this this fucking like this 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 Women fighting for their lives against 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 evil men, you know. Jesus, like way to keep just feeding the polarization, guys. You know, just keep drumming up that hate. So she finally has to murder her husband and escape into freedom, which is the only way that you can escape is to become a lesbian or murder your husband. So we have the same lesson again. Yep. That we just keep getting over and over and over again. Except it even it like falls so flat because there's so many things wrong with it. Like, why does she start seeing the visions of her real life? And why is there a woman there who's like, I love this. You know, I signed up for this. Why does it have to be? Why does Olivia Wilde's character go like, you know, I did this because I wanted to do it because now my kids are alive. Yeah. So so I'm happy because I'm living the fantasy. It's like Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh Uh-huh. The first Star Trek, the first Next Generation movie, um, um, Generations, where um, with the Nexus, which is like this energy ribbon that goes through space. And if you can get into the Nexus then you can just basically live in this perpetual state of perpetual joy, you know, where you can just have anything you want. And you can it can be any time, any place, anywhere, forever. So you can just go live in your happiest day forever. And it's just like a dreamlike state where you just forget that it even is that thing. It's like what we were talking about earlier about deja vu. Where yeah. you're just doing the thing. You're happy. You're in, you know, it's you're 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 twenty-five and the day that you, you know, met your wife for the first time and you're horseback riding out in the country and then and then you go <laughs> wait a minute like i love that like scene in generations where um he finds he finds kirk they think yeah. kirk was killed like 30 years ago or whatever by the energy ribbon but it turns out that he was sucked up into the nexus and then so when picard goes into the nexus he finds kirk and kirk has just been hanging out like at his had his favorite house in montana the whole time like mm-hmm. however many years have gone by like 80 years or something like that and and kirk's just been chilling in montana you know and then picard's trying to talk to him and explain things to him and kirk's like in this dream state you know where he's like wait a minute buster my dog but he's been dead 15 years it's 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 shatner's he's like he's like it's buster he's he's been dead 15 years that can't be right wait a minute this is the day the day i told her I was leaving for Starfleet. And he left her. In real life, he left her for Starfleet. You know, but this time, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to go up there, 
and, you know, ask her to marry me or whatever. And he opens the door and then he's like, now he's like in a stable and he's like getting yeah. on a horse to go riding. It's like, and you go, wait a minute, but that was, this must be, this must be Montana now, you know? And it's like that, like a dream or something. Um, and you could just live in that forever. Live in deja vu forever. Yeah. I'm trying, I can't remember what, what how, uh, like where that came from. How did I get into that? The Nexus thing. Because we were talking about, um, Oh, just being plugged in. Like, that's like this, this, this film, right? It's like, yeah, you're just plugged in the whole time. You're plugged into the 1950s. So that's why that woman, the strong woman character played by Olivia Wilde, like she wants to just live in this. She's opted for the fantasy. I I can live here and my children are alive and it's cool. But it's still this like male cult leader created fantasy where women can be happy. Women can be happy as long as they play by the rules and I mean it's just so like get a new narrative get a new story get a new thing to bitch about you know I'm like it's enough with that already <laughs> you know it's like you can't keep making the same story it's like we, we mentioned the baby earlier right it's God, oh my gosh I, I liked the geez, baby but I hated the baby the yeah the baby had some cool stuff about it but then like that that backstory about this woman with this un this comically evil comically one-dimensional abusive husband (laughs) (laughs) and then she falls in love with with some other woman who she meets like no wonder you know Mm -hmm. i mean the first person who comes along who shows her some kindness says she's a woman that's okay she's better than this fucking guy you know and he's like so evil and it just like perpetuates this weird thing of like it's like like that talk about representation you know every time we see a man on screen now he's like it's like the new matrix movie you know, yeah. It's, I mean, unbelievable. I'm like, I'm like going like, is anybody else seeing this? Like, <laughs> it's like, there's like, there's no like, whenever a white person shows up, they're always like, it's like the worst thing. You know, like time for an evil character, time for a mindless thug, time for a fascist. Hey, get that white guy off the set. No, I thought we weren't gonna have any white guys in this movie. Well, that's okay. This guy's a, he's a fascist. We're gonna kill him. It's cool. Yeah. Oh, good. Like get when him in they- hey, Phil. Did you come over here for a second? Like when they show at the end that like the the people that they're fighting against and it's like you pause on that one screen and it's just all like white guys, like angry oh, white guys. Oh, that was the scene where like it was something where like there's some new weird thing in the world. Like the, the Matrix can like take over like a mob of people randomly yeah. and just make them start like throwing themselves out windows. Like they have no, they'll just, they'll just like, they'll just like kill themselves to try to kill you. And they're all, all of a sudden, they're all white men. There's been like no white men in the entire movie because the rest of it's like the real world and the resistance of brave, heroic, multi, multicultural, non-white, non-male people. There are some men, but they're black, so it's okay. You know? <laughs> and then suddenly, like the hive, the murderous fascist hive, and all of a sudden, they got all these, they got all these honkies in there. Mm-hmm. You know? It's so funny, and I pa- yeah, I paused it on a screen, and it's like evil people, and they 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 did throw like a couple of women in there somewhere. There was like one black guy in the back, and like a couple of blonde women, yeah, you know. But you know, we know about white women too, so that's cool, you know. Dun dun dun. With their fucking yoga, <laughs> I love that. Just add the just add the adjective white, you know. Just it's like if you don't like something, you can go, oh, that's white feminism. I think there's something very misleading about continually telling the story of our past as if it was a 1984 nightmare, a like a like communist regime oppression 
because what we're doing is we're, we're making ourselves believe that like all the women in the 50s felt like they were living like, you know, in like Stalinist Russia or whatever. Yeah. And that's not true. Oh, my well, God. Well, I need to clear my palate with a nice Audrey Hepburn movie or something. <laughs> <laughs> 